You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. for a minute that it, it didn't work that was what i was going for hey how you guys doing welcome because <laughs> normally i don't have to pretend uh welcome to episode 117 of the motherfucking podcast this is the official podcast of the international power rock combo motherfucking ruckus from denver and chicago respectively respectively Fuck yeah. yeah i'm uh aaron howell and I'm here with my dude Gordo. It's Yellow. really weird, Gordo. What's weird is that we still call this the motherfucking podcast, and yet you have been here at least twenty times more than all the guys in the band combined. Well, yeah, yeah. I was I was just waiting for my moment to pitch. You know the, the MF, MF Granny Tweed, cast, the MF Tweed cast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so this is my Ruckus moment. Cast. Here we are. Here we are. What do you here think? We are. If not, episode I'm one. <laughs> episode oh, one. I'm my Granny Tweed shirt too. So <laughs> the Granny oh, Ruckus shit, cast. That's a good. That's a classic right there. It's one of Let my favorite see. shirts of all time. Yeah, Reservoir Cats. Yes. <laughs> Let me that's see one it. Of my favorite. Show the camera again, real quick. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's a great one. In all its glory. Hey, before we get into the episode, uh, I'm stoked about our guests today. Uh, we're going to talk about all manner of things, as we normally do, go down some rabbit holes and waste some of your valuable time that you'll never get back, the <laughs> fives of you who enjoy our program on a weekly basis. Real quick, I want to give a shout-out to our patrons, the people without whom none of this would be possible. You guys are badasses. Our patrons, uh, man, they make everything happen. They help our album come out they help uh tony travel back and forth when we're actually able to do shows they help the podcast run they help uh the comic come out and the new music video that we're working on they help help us pay for marketing and and everything else man i mean it's does it pay for your hair too because it looks particularly good today does it really <laughs> it i have does. to say i'm looking at it i'm it looking does. at you from two different angles i got it's you here on skype i'm looking at you directly face on at skype and then i'm looking at my monitor over here it's like oh i can see that he got a haircut it looks I amazing I, I didn't get a haircut oh i didn't get a haircut it's just and scene i just no you know what it probably <laughs> is is mondays are usually my day off so uh I usually don't shower on those days, and I kind of just roll in here all post-apocalypse, Aaron. But I actually showered for you today, Gordo. Like I wanted. Thank you so much. We, we took a week off. I had to like show that my life was improving in some ways since the last time we saw each other. <laughs> sure. Like, look how good I look now. Don't you see how good I look? Happening. That's all that's happening is everybody's life is improving right now. That's all that's happening. <laughs> All that matters. All that matters is making bread and improving your life. 
That's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if and if you suffer in any way due to the the state of the world, it's it's just because you're not hustling enough. It's just because you're not hungry enough, right? Bring on bring on feudalism. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but seriously, shout out to our patrons for uh, making this happen. We love you guys. Our patrons, uh, they get to see everything that we make before anyone else does. They get to see uh, all the stuff that goes directly to the band feed, and they get access to our private Discord server, which is up now. And as soon as I learn to use Discord, that is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's it's like Facebook, but less shitty. Um, it's more clicky, though. It, oh, what? Uh, Discord is? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, dude. I use it for some video game stuff, and like I play this this stupid star wars game and uh we're all coordinated together on discord for for that game and i mean we have all these headings for different kinds of fights we have to do and it's crazy dude that's great clicky is what i'm going for i'm trying (laughs) i'm trying to exclude as many people as possible that's that's my goal. I want to have when when I'm done with this, I want to have five people who know what's going on with the movements of our band from moment to moment. Reduce, that's the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> so our patrons do reuse, recycle. That's right. That's right. Uh, I like my echo chain chambers really confining. You know, <laughs> I like my silos to only be able to hold a few kernels of corn. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, our patrons, man, they make everything happen all in exchange for a small recurrent contribution every month that that helps the world go around. We freaking love you guys. If you would like to become a patron and help us out, go to patreon.com slash mfruckus. Check it out. Our guests this week uh, are a couple of guys who started out what was originally, I believe, just a Facebook group, but has since turned into a, just a general advocate for the local music scene, as well as uh, they have a YouTube channel now and are producing original content and really just helping to promote um, people in the local scene, which is doing the Lord's work, as far as I'm concerned. Please welcome to the program... <laughs> A couple of really swell fellas, uh, Andy Heidall and Phil Deeds, uh, a.k.a. the Colorado Punk Rock Army. It's great to have you guys on. Thanks for coming and, and sitting and hanging out, man. I don't know if you guys oh, have really done here. the show a lot, but this is less of a formal interview and more just hanging out and shooting the shit. Uh, but I do want to know about what you guys are up to. So very top of the discussion I'm going to ask what I've been asking everybody who's come on the show lately, which is how the fuck are you guys doing, man? I know that's a super loaded question, but how are you guys doing <laughs> through everything? We're get, we're uh, we're surviving, I think, pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've always got stuff to do. Uh, there's there's always, oh. you know, the, the work never really ends, to be honest. It's actually blown up ever since all this started. We're we're busier now in the last three months than we've been in the last four years. So busier wow. now how? Tell me tell me about what uh, you've been busy with. Well, I before I go into that, I want to give a shout out to Lala. She's our, our girl member. She's our uh our I, oh, I've seen her in, I've seen her in the I video, love. yeah. I've seen her in the video <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um I 
she was I was gonna get her to come on, but this kind of came on short notice, and that's my fault for not getting for dropping the ball on that. But like I said, uh, we're we're busy, so we write music reviews and and help out bands with promo and. Uh, we're we're geared towards local bands, but we also help out international bands, um, you know, U.S. throughout the world. And as COVID improves in other places, bands start doing stuff again, and they start sending us their albums or uh, their, you know, let's say they've got a important live stream coming up. But we never stopped. The world stopped, but my inbox never slowed down at all. <laughs> right. Well, especially because well, people are moving more towards doing online content now. I mean, we've kind of been necessarily forced to do it. And you guys are lucky in very much the same way that we're fortunate, which is we were getting on top of the live stream and and web-based content game pretty early on. Um and becoming less and less reliant on live performances to drive uh, to drive the machine. So you guys, you guys were well ahead of, of all of this. We're, we're working really hard on building your brand and kind of building your uh, yeah. building the content that you guys are putting out. So tell me a little bit about what your what your inbox has been full of. So. Uh mainly it's it's uh eps new releases that are coming out new music videos uh we we gear towards lower labels too so labels you've never heard of before right uh, like independent labels are uh, a lot of independents uh, garage labels that are literally you know people's garages right i have and one I, of those yeah, Gordo <laughs> does have one of those. We we kind of base our page this way. If you have more than you know seven thousand likes on your Facebook page for your band, you know you don't give a shit about us. <laughs> <laughs> Gordo was like, you know, being in a garage band is fun and all, but I really want to try this garage label thing. That's where the real money. I really want to get into the garage LLC business. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that we actually uh, for tough have, shed yeah <laughs> we, we actually have released two uh two albums that are on our our i wouldn't call them on our record label but we've helped distribute them and that uh is uh the amazing flying dumbasses out of denver AFD. they're uh underage nice. band afd and the second band we just released their first ep last week and that is the unindicted co-conspirators with cool. um couple guys in that with uh, Pat, uh patrick of with fletcher patrick neely i don't know if you guys know fletcher great uh, dude he's i've seen a his name around yeah a long time ago uh he, he used to be was he he wasn't in four what, what was he in i can't remember off the top of my head was he in four anyhow yeah uh, yeah he's he's kind of a little local legend uh same with uh tony stanvik if you guys know Tony, but um, right, um, yeah. So we're we're starting to to uh, release albums and we're gently working our way into the distro side of things. So very cool. Oh, so the and myst- the mysterious distro side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What a pain in the ass. Dude, oh, so I have yeah. a question because I haven't seen oh, this in a while. Yeah. I haven't seen this in a while. Do people still? show up to DIY shows on tours with like big cases of CDs and cassettes 
that they have traded and swapped out and created distros with uh, uh with with bands on the road that they've met like does that still go on because i remember i used to see that at like warehouse shows and stuff like that not not really that i can think of as far as bands that have come here um but i know down in pueblo i don't know if you guys know him his name's ricardo great dude down there he runs a record label called innocent sinners okay and ricardo ricardo is the man if you if you ask him to come up and do a show he'll bring a big old thing of stickers posters shirts of bands from all over that he's just friends with and he'll pass out their stuff oh really, really? Cool. that's really and, cool and uh-huh. we, we actually kind of do that too because we get i get we get free stuff sent to us all the time from bands as a thank you for helping them out and you know i go to shows that i book and then I'm like, hey, guys, you want this, you know, Doc Rotten sticker or whatever here? Have this, have that. Because my, my my dresser is full of stuff that I, I can't possibly wear, you know, 100 buttons of the Lastral Hero. So I love those guys, but I got to get rid of them. <laughs> Not with that attitude, you can't. <laughs> so... Um, so I want I want to get a little idea of what kind of kicked all this off and what the original mission was for you guys, what the original vision was for it because I the way I became aware of you guys was just your Facebook page started and it seemed like the initial strategy was just share everything that the bands that you were following, uh, we're, we're putting out into the world. You guys would share so much of our content that we would put up, which I really appreciate, by the way. It means that, a lot. That's all Andy. That's yeah, all that's, Andy. That's all Andy. <laughs> so, so why don't you, why don't you tell me a little bit about yeah, what that's, the, that's awesome. What, what the incepting, uh, thesis was for you guys, what the vision was that you guys were, were striving to accomplish. Well, I mean, we, we always just wanted to get more people out to the shows. Uh, that's really what it boils down to. Uh, you know, we, we've all been to those shows that where, where there are like 10 people that show up and the show is way better than the, uh, than the turnout. And uh, we've, right. we've always been of the opinion... So you've that, been to a lot of uh, our shows, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, you you stole my line, dude. You stole whatever. my line. <laughs> hey, oh, you've been to a lot of Granny Tweed shows, too, haven't you? And Gordon Ledfoot. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, continue, though. Keep, t- keep talking. Tell me about this. But, um, you know, over time, it just kind of... We, we, you know, we wanted to gain more followers. So, and and what people want really are memes. <laughs> it's sad but true. You know, if you make people laugh, they keep coming back. So, so, so it kind of wait, turned. We're sorry, Andy. Go sorry. ahead. No, you go ahead. You, you. Yeah, I go got ahead. a delay going here. My headphones. Hang oh. on one second here. <laughs> here we go. It should be a little bit better. <laughs> sorry. So, well, I, I remember in August 2016, we were. I went to the Colorado Irish Festival to see a band called the Mahones, and they're from Canada. And I, I, I didn't really plan on going, but I just wanted to check out the build just to see who was there because it was supposed to be like 108 degrees that day. And so I was like, yeah, you know. And I looked at the bill, and I was like, holy crap, the Mahones are there, and I love those guys. And they get to come to Denver about once every five years. And so I figured, shit, you know, I'm probably going to get there. Uh, it was at Clement Park, and I don't know if you know where the amphitheater is, but it's got that giant lawn right? that kind of precedes it. And I'm thinking, shit, we're going to be way up on the hill, not even close to the band. We'll be able to even see them. 
and my my daughter and I got there, and I think John Elliott from Streets, him and I, and maybe ten other people were there to see him. Really? Yeah, in, in the about, amphitheater at Clement Park, which, the by the way, I didn't know there yeah. was an amphitheater at Clement Park until you literally just told me. Like, <laughs> like, where did they put it? Is it like over where the baseball diamond used to be or like out in the open field where they used to have like the Silence the Violence it's, Festival and shit like that? Or yeah, where did so they where did you, they build an amphitheater? It's kind of up past the uh, the uh, library there over the hill. Cool. So if, yeah, see if you were to go up the hill and then down, kind of down towards the the lake right there, it's kind of like probably a thousand feet from the lake, and then on top of that, the end of the hill right there. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah, it's it's great. Like it's it's one of those. It's kind of it's Clement Park is one of those little gems of Denver that that people kind of take for granted for. I think it's a great place. I've seen a bunch of shows there. Most of the time, they're not uh, county sanctioned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we we used but, to, you know. when, when, when we were teenagers, you know, we would get into some shit at Clement Park. Like, that was, that was kind of our spot to hang yeah. out. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, man. Like, yeah, that, that used to be, that, wow, that's really neat. That's really cool. You guys can't see it, but I've got up on the, on the screen for the people watching the stream. I've got, um, I put I've, up some I've pictures it, of the I've amplitude. got it up on my secondary screen. Oh, cool! Are I'm watching. Watch- I'm actually watching myself watching it right now, actually, because there's a delay. <laughs> oh, it's cool! Super fucking weird, but I don't want to look at that anymore. So, so you, so you, you and John Elliott go to see the Mahones play at uh, at the Clement Park Amphitheater, and you guys are among ten people there that are there to see the show at an amphitheater. Yeah. So, so, what happens next? So the, the Mahones when they're when they're in Europe, when they're in the East Coast. On average, they draw between five and five and a thousand, five hundred to a thousand fans. Right, that's an average show. And so I get there thinking, shit, I'm I'm gonna miss the, I'm gonna miss them. I can't see them. Might be able to hear it, but I won't be able to like you know get anywhere close to them. I get there, I walk right down the lawn, straight up to the stage, and I'm like, looking behind me, going, what what happened here? So my my personal thought is, whoever was doing the promotions for the festival, kind of dropped the ball or whatever maybe didn't realize that I need to promote this band so people will show up. Um, there was right. another guy there, and him and I were both surprised. He was like, I thought there'd be a lot more people here. I don't know what's going on. That's when Andy and I really took up that conversation of, yeah, you know, let's let's help the underdog get more people at least aware of their shows happening. Because I, the, our, our favorite thing is when somebody says, there's no good shows around Denver. Denver sucks. And I'm like, no, you just don't look for it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, dude, we, oh, we are yeah. such such a big music town. And the and the, the interesting thing is, is if you ask, like, there are some people, if you ask about the music scene in Denver, that say the exact opposite. You know, if you, if you in the, on the upper tiers of the music business... You know, this is one of the favorite places for bigger bands to stop. It didn't used to be that way. You know, That's true. We, we owe a, a massive debt to like Barry Fay and Red Rocks and, you know, Feyline Concerts and, and all the people who enticed like the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin to coming here. But even in recent years, in the last 10 years, you know, Red Rocks normally has a completely full schedule. Mission Ballroom is, you know, is an amazing facility. And it always surprises me when you hear people in the local scene and more of the the, the lower tier where we're at, 
say that there's nothing going on when you have literally dozens of venues competing on any given night ranging all the way something going on it's always something going on well not now in the before time in the long long ago there was always something going on (laughs) you know but i i expect that'll still that'll still continue you know there will be commercial real estate people will open bars and they will host live music again will they i i just don't understand you mentioned phil you mentioned this band playing for 500 to 1,000 people in Europe, and that is something that we observed having been in Europe and and being here is that, now granted, we were able to secure tours with bigger bands who drew that kind of crowd, but, you know, these bands were talking about coming to the United States, and we would have to say, nah, you don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not going to be, it's not going to be that for you guys. What do you think, I mean, because I have some theories about it, and I'm sure Gordo has some theories about it, but what do you guys hypothesize is the reason for such a uh, discrepancy between the European market and the and the American market, especially in underground music? <clears throat> Personally, I, I think just because we also do album reviews on our website, and... Depending on and, and and given that we're geared mostly towards punk rock, we do a lot of rock and uh, rock and all kinds of different stuff too. But one thing I've noticed as far as Europe goes, like you've got your a great example is Ramones core punk rock, which is music like the Ramones, <clears throat> the Queers, uh, right. stuff like that. They're a very tight knit group, and so you, let's say you have a hundred Ramones core bands that are based in Berlin who know 20 bands that are based in England who know 20 bands that are based in France they're 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 I don't know if it's their music community necessarily or their fans but they all really kind of they're they're very communal with each other and help each other out and share things there's a lot more structure to it there's a lot more exactly right and 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 I've observed that they the culture just seems to foster more support for the arts in general like when we were on tour we had multiple photojournalists and bloggers that were following the tour you know and they had super professional websites and they like they had really nice equipment and there there seemed to be uh more opportunity for them more opportunity and support for them to to follow their dream to follow their ambition and there was i don't know there was a lot more built in in terms of like there was catering everywhere we went you know what i mean even when we were doing diy we did our first diy tour of europe there was still catering and meals and lodging were considered part of the deal you know what i mean you know even even if we were working with some local belgian promoter that was lumped into it that was just part of it because culturally that's just kind of expected when you're dealing with independent musicians now i have heard that the uk is as bad if not worse than the u.s i have heard that (laughs) That that there's they don't uh, necessarily value that kind of um, 
artistic support system in the same way. I could be wrong. I've never been to the UK. I don't know. Someone can Either correct me if I've got that totally wrong. But you but know, I, I have heard that. Something I've heard just from people here in, in this scene is that there's an oversaturation going on. Yeah. Like I, I hear that I hear that a lot and I, I don't know that I actually buy that. <laughs> I don't Honestly, necessarily myself, buy that argument either. Uh, I really don't like because yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Usually, you know, there's a there's a lot of shows. There's a lot of people playing a lot of bands. And I get that you could get the impression that there's an oversaturation going on. But I don't I don't really believe that. Honestly, I don't I, think, I think the oversaturation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just I just think that there's, you know, as many bands as there are, like not even as many bands as there are getting the opportunity to play that they need. You know what I mean? So that tells me that we're not really in an oversaturated, you know, market. So, well, and I, I, I don't know. The oversaturation thing, I have I have long subscribed to that idea. The only thing that has got my tail in a knot on it and that I can't figure out is, you know, Germany is just as saturated, you know, like the, the GSA region of Europe, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, like um, France, Spain, all of Western Europe, they have festivals going on all the time. They have shows going on all the time. You go walking down the street in any major uh, market, any secondary or tertiary market in Europe, you're going to see posters all over the place. You're going to see clubs, um, uh, what Spielhalle, you know, you're going to see... Uh, show clubs all over the place putting on shows and you're going to see people that go to see music seven nights a week in addition to the photojournalists that were following the tour there were people that were fans that are just fans of rock and roll bands that just go this looks like a great tour we're going to follow all the all the shows of this tour and it's not like they're following the Grateful Dead where, you know, oh, they do a different set every night or, oh, they play for three hours. It's like you're talking about bands, German rock and roll bands that put on literally the same exact show every single night. Like they have it down like we have our 45 minutes and we know exactly when it starts and exactly when it begins and we make the same jokes like this is our spiel. This is our show. Like they they. They have it down to a science, and there are still people that come and see those shows every single night. So, again, to me, it goes back to a matter of, of culture that out here, for some reason, we don't feel as motivated to go out and see live music. Does anybody well, have an idea yeah, that, why? I, I That's think like a, a, I think a communal lot of thing. I oh, think sorry, a lot of it is uh, is economic too. Um, Europeans tend to have a lot more uh, disposable income. Um, I mean, like when I talk to my friend Jonas out in Sweden, uh, you know, he's always, "Hey, I'm going to go on a bike trip to Latvia." Right, <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, they're they have they can take just about as much time off as they want. They make just about as much money as they need, and and they can and they can still you know go out do whatever they want and and still have a decent retirement and everything else not have to worry um 
you know, on top of that, uh, I think public transportation in Europe uh, is is uh, a big factor. Oh, yeah. Um, the people, I yeah. Mean, the distance between people. the distance between places. That's something that was like that when we did tours, eight hour drives on a DIY tour were were unheard of. They're like they're like, why would you guys drive in the van for eight hours and then go play a show? You'll be exhausted. And we're like, dude, in the U.S., you just you just That's how go. You, have to do it. you just do. go. You drive like I was it's like, no choice. Yeah, it's no choice. Fourteen hours to uh, to uh, St. Louis. But yeah, especially from Denver, it's like we're kind of you know we're a major market. Make no mistake about it. But if you're going to drive to the next major market, it's five hours to Albuquerque. You know, eight hours to Salt Lake City. Uh, what is it? Lawrence, Kansas would probably be the next right. closest one. Yeah. You know, Lawrence or Kansas City. Lawrence or Kansas City. You know, and then literally nothing to the north, you know. <laughs> I mean. Maybe Cheyenne. You know, dude, I've never played Cheyenne. Casper, <laughs> Casper, Laramie. You know you what I mean? You play Kearney, Nebraska. That's yeah, a good place Carney, to play. Yeah, Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Scottsbluff, Nebraska is fun. That's only four hours away. But we have friends from Scottsbluff. Uh, uh, you've met Mike and Mandy, Gordo. Shout out to Mike yeah, and Mandy yeah. Schmidt from Scottsbluff. They will drive four hours just to see us play. You know, because, they, I mean, we're Fort Collins, Denver are the closest major markets to them. You know, mm-hmm. so so that's something that's not unheard of. So, yeah, a geography, I'm sure, makes a difference. And... Um, to your point on economics, though, Andy, I don't. The the one thing that I would get kind of hung up on is is I don't know how. I mean, Germany's still a working class, you know, country. I mean, they're they're ultra progressive, and you know, they're a um, they're a major economic power. But you know, I think I don't know. I mean, they have probably better social systems in place than we do but that's exactly what it is but we also you know they're they're taking a beating during the economic downturn as much as we are maybe not in the sense that i never once saw a homeless person the whole time i was in germany so i don't know that maybe economics is correct i'm kind of processing it out loud sorry I kind of feel like music as an outgrowth of the community is a, is a real usual thing over there. Mm-hmm. And like it's not it, for some reason that's not really connected here. Like those two elements aren't connected and, and maybe it's be, maybe it goes to the fact that you know people over there generally it's more of a communal existence, right. you know. Like I, I don't know. Like here it's like um someone was describing last week uh, moving here from Europe and saying how uh, it felt very lonely <laughs> compared to places that he'd been in Europe, and you know, and I could I could see that, you know, right? People, I could, I could definitely people tend see that. To, to isolate themselves a little bit more. Plus, see the 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 problem I have with the economics thing is I I can I can say from anecdotal personal experience that what keeps me from going out to shows when they're going on. I mean, if one was going on right now, I'd fucking be there. Like, it isn't it isn't economic. When I was a teenager or in my 20s, you know, I could still get into shows for free. You know, that's the thing. 
there's so many places where I could get in for free because I've been in the, the scene in Denver forever, and I still don't go. I still don't feel motivated to go. And I don't think that that's a unique experience. I think that, that that's a pretty common thing of motivating people in this country to get out and go to shows um, seems like a much bigger ask. Uh, I but that's do- what's great about what these guys do because I feel like we're, you know, it the, the underground scene, as it were, or the punk rock scene or whatever you want to call it, underground music existence is kind of undervalued, you right. know? Like it, in general, and in, in over here, like it just seems like it is in general, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's, it, I think, it has a lot to do with capitalism, and you know, just the the construct itself is like, well, we're not going to value this thing that doesn't have a lot of polish to it, or doesn't have a lot of commercial viability in the way that it's traditionally viewed. So, you know, I mean, we're just going to put this over here in the country, corner, though. you know. Ger- yeah, Germany, hey. Germany is a capitalist country. You hey, know. I know, and they they produce the Scorpions, one of the best bands on the face of the. <laughs> The planet, right? Dude, hey, little side know, note. I brought up this. <laughs> so, little side note. I was talking to my buddy um, who uh, over in Germany. Shout out to my boy Niels, uh, and he used to work for Warner Brothers Germany, and he went on to work for one of the the major um, uh, talent buyer promotional companies um, event you know, event companies out there in Germany. And we were shooting the shit after one of our shows and we were kind of talking about Germany's importing of American, British, Japanese, um, and South American rock and roll bands. And he joked that there are no good bands that come from Germany. That was his joke. And I was like, what about the Scorpions? And this was seriously his answer. I go, what about the Scorpions? He goes, yeah, yeah, the Scorpions. You know, like, yeah, 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 Scorpions. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's like, dude, the fucking Scorpions, man. So I don't know. Like, by the way, by the way, uh, the CIA did not write Wind of Change, just so you guys know. I, I think I got to the bottom of that. Oh, speaking of the Scorpions, another thing about the Scorpions, uh, one of the songs I've been learning, Gordo, is uh, Dark Lady. Wind of Change? No, not Wind of Change. Oh, I've, dark. Okay. I've been learning Dark Lady off of uh, In Trance, the Uli John Roth years, man. That's some... Yeah, mm. yeah. That's some good shit. Anyway. Well, <laughs> generally, if you go further back in their catalog, it's like it gets really nice. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Good. I got to see Uli John Roth live, and it was... Dude, he was a... Uh, He's a he's a special special kind of guitar player. He's really awesome. But anyway, uh, speaking about uh, uh, you know we talked uh, we talked about the feeling of loneliness that people have talked about experiencing when they come here compared to in Europe. You know, beer and shows are dirt cheap, and it's almost as if Europe commoditizes those things as being important you know like you think about commodities like coffee and tobacco and you know pork belly for bacon and and wheat and other such commodities like i feel like in europe because it's such an essential part of the european diet you know their cultural diet it's like like beer 
is a major commodity for Europe. Like if you go to Vakken Open Air, this is another great example. Vakken Open Air has like, it lasts for over a week, I'm fairly certain, and has literally hundreds of bands. And the beer demand is so high that they literally have trucks <laughs> at a remote, distant location, and they dig a pipeline, and they pipe beer into the beer stands. Like, that is so... That is, and that is beautiful. You know what I mean? Like... Whereas here, you know, people love to get drunk and punch each other and go to shows and, and go to festivals <laughs> and whatnot. But it's like, you know, you've got the truck unloads the kegs and leaves them there. And, you know, you, you like there's less demand for the beer. There's less demand for for that particular commodity than than there is over there. So I don't know. I So. Anyway, we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole on that, but I'm <laughs> I'm wondering uh, I'm wondering what what we can do and especially since you guys are kind of on the front lines trying to work on this problem, what we can do to make live local music attractive such that it will get people out of their houses to go to shows. Besides a pipeline of beer besides a pipeline of beer <laughs> well, free beer is always a there's always <laughs> um, you know it's it's there's not really i don't think any specific determinant factor uh i think it a lot of it is just people want to get out of the house they want to hear some live music so uh you just have to tell them what music is there yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's I think a lot of it is just putting it in people's heads. So so a lot of oh, a lot of what you guys were setting out to do before is is you were just trying to increase the spread and the awareness of live local music, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what we started out as, yeah. Right. And so what came next after kind of just starting to try and do that and just help helping let people know about shows going on just boosting signal what what comes next after after the memes because i remember the meme phase i was paying attention in the meme <laughs> phase and we tried to jump on the meme phase a little bit and you were doing I, good on the meme phase you were doing good <laughs> i stopped doing it just because i didn't like looking at the analytics and seeing that the yeah the yeah, the meme outperformed any of our original <laughs> content by orders of magnitude. You know what I mean? But the important thing is it brings new people to the page, and and those new people are going a, to still yeah. see the uh, they're still going to see the original content. Do you think well, they're yeah. going? Do you think they're going to continue to engage with that content once uh, once they're no longer the channels no longer providing memes? Like, is that something that you've seen? Maintain? Have you seen engagement stay like grow from that? Well, I can let me speak on this real quick, Andy. Okay. So, go ahead. One of the, one of the things that I started doing was taking a meme and then having something you know funny, whatever is in it, and then saying, "Well, since you're here, looking at punk rock Crocs, check out you know Crimson Riot or whatever." Right. And right, occasionally right. that'll 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 draw in somebody, but. Um, yeah, we, we suffer with that too. We may have a meme. We had, we actually had a meme reach 
180,000 people in one week. Wow. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. But out of that 180,000 reach, we only attracted like 20 people as far as 20 likes to our page or maybe 100. But the next time that we post, hey, check out this album by, you know, whoever, we get four people that see it. It has a lot to do with the Facebook suppression, though, the algorithm. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the... Um, uh, with the algorithms so so you're not only are we fighting that but I've, I've always found if i can find a funny meme and attach a band to it at least if it's something relatable then that tends to help those bands because i don't know how many bands that we've run into or we've had a show with or we've gone to their show and they're like you know we just want to say thank you. you you brought in two people that bought a cd and so from there on after we went through the the live um, shows showing that's when we started our website because we needed another avenue to share the live stuff that was going on in addition to some of the amazing um, albums that you're not hearing because facebook only wants to get, you know show you the iheart radio uh, contest over and over and over again you know and, <laughs> so. and, and this, this is something this is something i was thinking about on my way over here and gordo i want to know if you've made the same observation because gordo and i have both dramatically altered our relationship with social media and my original my original reasoning was was based in ethics like it was a logical and ethical decision and it was just like it was like look i you know i don't i don't feel comfortable filling my brain and diverting my attention from the things that are important for the type of dangerous hateful angry vitriol that was spilling out of facebook every day and i didn't like the fact that it rewarded people being disingenuous and i, I had all these reasons and gordo tell me if you've had the same experience i was definitely am still definitely addicted to my smartphone and to social media in some ways i'm definitely addicted to Same novel here. experiences was and, subscribed by the corporate overlords yes no no i'm, I'm definitely doing job well <laughs> i'm definitely addicted to um to the dopamine response of of novel experience like any other human but what has made it easy to maintain my relative abstinence and I'll say relative abstinence because I still, you know, I still do some stuff but I am not engaging in the way that I did before. What has made it easier is the simple fact and this is going to be what I think kills the current social media giants and has them go the way of MySpace is it stopped doing what I wanted it to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I ceased to get the experience from it that I had set out to get, and so I lost interest in it. And I think that I think that if they can't figure out a way to get people to in, to to have their platform do what people like us want it to do, they're going to lose a lot more people. And that's going to set off a chain reaction where influencers and trendsetters no longer want to be on the platform because it's not fun for anybody anymore. You know? Yeah. 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 I could just, I could just, see, I could just, I, I felt like, and I could see that it was diminishing returns, basically. You know? Right. Like, it's like and I'm it's not hurtful. Really and it's hurtful. It hurts your fucking, you know, you were well, talking before we got on about how you're kind of enveloped in the Alaska thoughts. 
And it's like, of course you are, dude. All if if you look at the social media analytics and if you look at just the hard numbers, nothing can crush your dream more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, well, sound, it's just Aaron, the, you, you sound like me opening our, our website, looking at our website analytics, you know. <laughs> I'm like I remember sending Andy a message and being like, Hey, we hit fifty seven website views today. I mean Yeah. Dude, fifty seven to that we hit five. 50, so dude, like, if I yeah. saw fifty seven website views in a day, I would assume <laughs> that it was a bot from China. Because it usually is. Oh shit. Dude, I've seen giant spikes in our analytics and been like, holy shit. And then I look at the report and the report is like 67 Bitcoin. views from not available. You know what I mean? So, like someone's yeah. farmers or yeah. We were actually with, uh, before we switched over to WordPress, we were with SiteBuilder and they had an exploit which allowed some guy to get into our website and embed a Bitcoin code. So basically, he was using our he was hijacking our web traffic to go over to to Bitcoin. So I I, I turn on our analytics. I'm checking them out one day, and we hit thirteen hundred views. And, and you I'm get like, all oh, excited, amazing, so cool. And then I and then I follow that trail, and it all goes back to one IP address that is basically a Bitcoin farmer. Right. Oh. <laughs> and and my my dreams. I actually remember texting my texting the group or messaging the group and saying, "I don't want to do this anymore. I, I'm pissed." I but, remember that. You know, wow. But Dude, the yeah. thing is, is when that dopamine drops, especially for me, and I get there, especially after the cold COVID thing. I I was actually considering thinking about shutting down CPRA, at least my end, because I was just like, "What to do now? Like, there's no live shows. Like, uh, but then." <clears throat> I'll get a message now's from when people need us the most because well, they need a way to get their music right. out there. Without but I, much. but I understand. I understand absolutely where you're coming from, and I'm and I'm glad and I'm glad you brought it up because this is something that we talk about this show a lot. It comes up all, literally almost every single episode. Is this like universal experience that people have when their art clashes with the the world of the internet? You know, it's like when when your art becomes content and when you start to, you know, I don't know if you guys follow uh, Finn McGinty, the uh, the punk rock. Um, uh, oh, my God. Uh, what is it? The, the punk rock NBA. I was like, holy yeah, fuck. Yeah. I totally, but and he makes <laughs> he makes really great content. But he made one video that I saw where he was just basically like he was like. You don't decide the value of your art. The market does. And and that's a very sobering thing, and it's very useful, but it also just contributes to this. It's just, also just half the story, because it's not, right. that's not actually completely true. That's not accurate. Right, right. It, it, well, it depends on the... Uh, it's in the eye of the beholder to a certain degree, and it's in the eyes of the market's you know, to a certain degree. Right. Like, we'll say that the market determines a certain type of value, but there are certain types of value that you get to decide. But the market, the type of value that the market does decide is decided by the market and not you, is kind of what I've had to take from it. But, yep. you know, that is just another data point that adds to just this looming, dark, just crippling uh presence of you know 
the, it, it just picks on the most insecure part of your brain. Yep. And mm-hmm. anyone who's trying to do something in, in arts, especially in something underground and niche and specialized like, you know, punk rock and, and metal and extreme music, that can just, dude, it just, it's crushing. And I just yep. wonder yep. how many really great and talented people have been completely crushed out of existence because of their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify numbers. Gordo's talked me off of many a ledge, and I've talked him off of many a ledge, and Josh Finley has talked us both off of many a ledge. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and, you know, I need guy. to talk to that guy right now. <laughs> yeah. If Dude. you're listening, hi, Josh. Yeah. He checks yeah, in every I, once in a while. He's too busy to listen to our our little show. <laughs> He's like, I'm busy painting four murals at the same time. I can't listen to your little your little radio blab fest there. Your little TV the show. News, they might be giant. Your sponsor. little TV show. Oh, you guys still doing the little TV show? That's great. I'm painting all the Chiba huts in the world. <laughs> No, but you I mean, do a I, good impression of him, dude. Honestly. He used to ask me <laughs> to do impressions of him, man. You guys, <laughs> well, the thing is, is that you both do great impressions of each other. That's the, I mean, like I've never actually like now that we're actually doing this on TV. Uh, <laughs> I've never him heard him do here. an impression of me before. Oh, dude, dude, you guys, I was at Three Kings one night, and you guys were doing them back and forth. It was it was hilarious. Oh, it was man. hilarious. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's pretty good. That's great. pretty good. I wish I had that on film. Anyway, me too. Um, but but so so I understand I understand the feeling of like wanting to shut it all down. So what I want to ask you, Phil and Andy, is what prevents you? So, what is well, it? What is me, it that helps you change course? It just feels well, good. It, it's it's honestly it's like it's the fans. Yeah. Like it, for it, me, I guess, and I don't mean just the fans. Like you know, as far as people who read the website but I and mean, as far as bands if we we get we'll get one comment on let's say some obscure punk band from switzerland and some american guy will be like oh i just i just bought their cd thanks i'm like wow somebody actually listens and pays attention to us that's really this cool. is worth it for me yeah. um yeah, yeah it's just and when we cool. go to a show like like especially people who move here uh as transplants as we call them um, they'll hit us up all the time and be like, hey, uh, where can I find a show? Yeah. I want to go to a show this weekend. That's great that's, that you guys have really positioned cool yourself to be something of an authority on that. That's really cool, and there is a need for it. And, um, you know, nothing, one of the things, an event that happens, and I'm sure this has happened to Gordo too, an event that happens with musicians is uh, the feeling of being excluded you know, like oh, all the time, like the if time. like yeah. if yeah. Uh, you don't get included in like like Westward go puts out an article that they're like, these are the this is a list of all your friends bands and not you. that are. <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Dude, if Westward included us in anything, I would 
flip my shit. It blows my mind that, that <laughs> it blows my mind that they haven't written anything about you guys, dude. That like Gordo, <laughs> I tell you every week, you're fucking especially the new album, fucking amazing. Granny Tweed is amazing. Like Gordon Lightfoot is amazing. I appreciate it. The stuff, the stuff that you do with your studio, fucking amazing. I dude, oh. I don't know. It's like we just kind of got grandfathered in because we knew people when we were kids. And when, you know, you could still reach the westward and we kept just getting handed off to the next person. You know what yeah, I mean? Before it, before it got bought out by the uh, village voice. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, handed even when it was first. even Dave Herrera, when Dave Herrera was there, it was village voice. He went on to he left westward and went on to work for village voice. You know, like, I mean, it's been it's been village voice for as long as almost as long as we've worked with them. But I just don't understand how someone like Gordo, who's got such a great band, has been unable to break in. I mean, I assume you're sending them press releases and shit and following up and doing all the stuff you're supposed to go. I've had straight up conversations with people and and just like, just just nothing. falls off. (laughs) I mean, dude, they they did go through... um, uh, when, uh, when, when, When Murphy left them, um, you know, he told me that that it was going through a changing of the guard and they weren't really listening to the music writers as much anymore or the the contributors. It was just going a different direction and it was focusing more on running the the website of it, which I, I mean, I guess you have to, but that explains a lot of the, you know, in my opinion, clickbaity stuff that they have been focusing on as of late. You know. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's when you, you really, I mean, you really have to go back to, you know, well, why did I start doing this in the first place? You know, right. what, what, what really floats my boat? What, what, what is really getting me off on the creative side, you know? And, and like, that's, that's always what sustained me for, you know, the millions of years I've been playing music is just, that fact alone it's just like yeah i can create something else i can do something else i can you know i can do something new or i can you know that that whole part of it being able to create something it's like you know that you know nobody can take that from you right (laughs) unless a global pandemic happens and you can't play shows anymore and fucking that's for sure dude and this is another thing too is like (laughs) is is even the paltry numbers that we had in terms of engagement online have diminished because everything has gone online. So now the market, the already crowded marketplace has become completely jammed packed. You know, people have a limited bandwidth and, you know, like we talked about earlier, people are leveraging uh, reach. You know, if if you only got a glimpse in like if you were from another planet and all you knew about human beings like can you imagine what it would be like if all you knew about human beings came from social media like came from the the giants like sounds you know, awful it sounds terrible they're like on second thought we're not going to teach you about the warp accelerator because you guys are <laughs> insane people we're just going to build a highway right through this yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. Straight Douglas Adams shit. Just oh, do yeah. it. Just <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> no, but I, I so build the so, bypass. So the, the, I guess the, I guess the, the I guess the point that I was trying to make is is the fact that you guys are out there just trying to 
promote that is is such a wonderful thing because it is so easy to feel excluded and feel left out from the conversation because there are so many people competing for the microphone for the spotlight and and you know i mean the writers and the 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 people who are you know the tastemakers I mean, you can't blame them. They're going to reach for what's immediately around them, and they have they have someone that hands stuff to them. They have someone that presents them with material, and they go, "Yeah, okay, blah." Or this is the stuff that I like. You know, they can't they can't possibly pay attention to all of us that are out there. So when there's somebody like you guys who comes in and advocates for you know the little guys who are feeling left out of the conversation that's a huge deal man it really it means a lot it's absolutely you know it it helps uh get rid of the feeling that nobody is paying attention it's like well it's not nobody yeah <laughs> it's close it's, it's the important people <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that, that's exactly the point i was about to make is like you know it's it's just like the people that that watch this podcast or listen to it or you know or buy a record or whatever it's like it may be a you know maybe a couple people three people 10 people 15 whatever but but those people really want to engage with what you're doing they're right. really interested in what you're doing they really want to be around they really want to see what you're doing you know right and when you see them in the real world you know like when that's i run into somebody oh dude when i run into somebody <laughs> at a show counts. exactly and when i run into somebody at a show into your head you yeah know? yeah when I run into someone at a show and they they like reference a joke on the podcast or or you tell them about something and they're like they kind of get surprised by your presumption that they don't know what you're talking about because they're like yeah dude I listen to your podcast I know like I follow you guys I know everything <laughs> they're up to yeah why yeah. why would you tell why would you tell me that information like I don't have it dude I hear everything <laughs> that you say it's like oh oh my. Yeah, that's oh. like with the TV show. Uh, we we don't know who's who's watching or how many people or you know where they are or anything about oh. it. Really, they just a- Andy. Just, we we do know. I just never tell you because I don't want to depress anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped looking at that data a long time ago. No. <laughs> Go ahead. So, no, I mean, no, but it, I mean, I mean the live broadcasts, the ones that are coming from yeah, the station, yeah. the ones that are actually definitely local locally watched because the because that station only broadcasts in in denver city limits it so, doesn't so, so tell me about anything. this i don't know what you're talking about tell me about this what station oh, uh, channel 56 but it's only on comcast and only in denver <laughs> it's, it's uh, uh it's also it's, the same what? station as channel eight so it's like a, a government access well was kind of still is but wait you guys what. are doing wayne's world yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. in season two right now. So, 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 tell me about this, because okay, wait, wait. I think we've got some gaps to fill in. So, after the meme phase, what comes after the meme phase? Then, then, what is it that you guys start doing? Like the what? website. The website. That was the website with the uh, with the album reviews and you know general promotion like that, uh, just to try and get more uh, direct information out there. Okay. Okay, then what happens after you guys, like, are you, how much are you guys writing? Like, how much is going on the website uh, at this time? 
Like, what's your output looking like? Uh, usually, we try to do at least one one review a day or one news blurb a day. Right. Um, since since COVID blew us up, I'm lucky if I get one out a week right now. Right. Trying to. I'm, we all we also wow. all work day jobs too or so right. it's it's definitely sure. volunteer work <laughs> yeah you gotta um, and i'm learning I, a whole new I, uh video program for for yeah. uh, editing right now too so uh what are you learning uh i've been i've been working on uh filmora filmora pro cool cool yeah. right on yeah i decided to teach myself davinci resolve and it's and it's really hard <laughs> it's really, well, I mean, really very hard what, yeah. with the station you know we can request equipment and go and just pick it up you know just take it home um but that's you know kind of inconvenient at times you know so so if i could have something on my own laptop you know and in this case something that runs on windows and not mac uh it makes life a lot easier right right okay so so uh, what what happens after the website so what what comes after the website yeah after after the website we started well we started using the website and started putting bills that were coming on that we were really interested to go to and we figured other people would be interested to go to and then we started making friends with venues bars and they were like hey i want to book a show with you guys and we're like all right we got and then we got all these requests from uh bands on tour that were like hey we want to play denver we need a spot heck they'll even ask us for books in texas because that we've got we've made so many friends around the, the globe that um, you know, we can reach out and say, Hey, anybody know of a bar that's open on Saturday in May in Texas? You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> or the Bay Area. Um, so, I've got connections yeah, in the Bay uh, Area. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah, all over the place. So we started, uh, we started booking oh. shows. And after that, the first um, one was No from, Loves. <laughs> oh, God. That was a fun same show. Night as, same night as Dropkick Murphy's, wasn't that? Uh, no, Streetlight Manifesto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right across the street from freaking Gothic too. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> it was actually a hip hop bar. It's always oh, fun right. to have the show across the street from the show that everybody cares about. <laughs> there was a, exactly. There was a wedding party upstairs above the, <laughs> above yeah. the show. <laughs> did they did they tap on the floor with the broom? Were they like, excuse me, could you guys no, keep actually, it down a little bit? Actually, they came down and uh, joined the show. Oh, uh, the cool. DJ even came down and he was dancing and having a good time. It was awesome. That's great. That's great. So, uh, so, so, where do you, where do you guys go from there? What happens? What happens next? After you, you're so making started, contacts, you're asking. You got you got clubs asking you to do stuff for them. You're you're helping people out with shows. What what what's going on next? So after after that, we started. Uh, we got invited to do the show with uh, Denver Community Media. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were looking to fill some time on the station and they invited us to come on. The nice thing about us is we've got constant content coming in. So if I'm if I'm stretching for content, that means I haven't been doing my job. <laughs> so so have you <laughs> guys been my, doing it's in my inbox right now? I mean, so we're you both guys... heavily influenced by Teletoons also way back in the day. Yeah, dude, I was so... just talking about I was talking about Punk TV and um, and Music Link and Teletoons mm-hmm. and stuff on a previous episode. Man, like all that stuff, like Channel Twelve, right? Or Channel Six? One yeah. of the, it was yeah, a it was PBS station. Yeah, Channel Twelve. Like I went to. 
Uh, uh, Rich Italiano uh, was was the uh, producer for that. Uh, Paul Italiano's brother. Paul Italiano owns uh, uh, Fashion Nation. Oh no! Oh, yeah, dude. Ex- yeah, totally. And uh, Punk TV was originally it was uh, Dexter Thornton. Yeah. Um, and I went to DSA with him. Like we rode the school bus <laughs> together. So That's I'd like awesome. see him on. I'd see him on Punk <laughs> TV and be like. But you know you have to pretend that you don't know him from the show, so you, know, you have to play it cool and be like, "I don't know who you are." You know that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, so the nice thing about the TV show is it it gave us a a good a good uh, avenue to get our content from not only the website but local stuff that we've got going on out into a broader spectrum. So we usually film the show or go live and then put it up on YouTube after that. Um, it, some days we go live from the studio uh, whenever we want to, so that's right, kind of right. cool. So um, you guys, but, uh, you guys, um, a lot of the stuff I did, I saw that you do. It would be like a mix of the original stuff that you guys re- would film in the studio, like a lot of the commentary type of stuff, or or things just like that you would film on your phone. And then it was a lot of like curated videos and other people's content that you had. Yeah. yeah had added yeah. in. So it was kind of like a variety show sort of thing. Um, yeah. What was the of. response that you, what, what's been the response to that? And um, how far into it are you guys? Uh, well, we're on season done, uh, three. Remember, well, Andy, we're on season three, episode three. That season's only season six three. episodes long. Because <laughs> so. apparently, yeah, because, yeah, there was, there was a, some kind of a goof up. And so we only, so season two was only like one episode, but so we're somewhere between season two and three. What about uh, 13 episodes now? Uh, we did 12 episodes in season one. No, 13 in season one. And uh, we've done three so far this season. So um, what is what has the response been from uh, from the content that you guys have, have, uh, have been putting out in that time? It's been fantastic. It really has... Um, we've seen tons of comments, not only from the bands that we've we've posted on there, but uh, a lot of new fans are like, "Oh man, that that band from Russia that I've never heard of—they're really cool, you know." And I'm going to go check them out. Or um, a nice thing is too, one of my favorite bands—they they only put out two or three albums before they split. Um, they are called um, God. Of course, I forgot their name. I know the drummer is in Sniper Sixty Six. <laughs> Hogtown hooligans with it. Um, anyhow, um, I'm trying to sell as the drummer, but anyhow, I I reached out to them and they they they're they broke up. But their Facebook page amassed like fifteen thousand fans around the world. They they traveled, done a bunch of stuff, and <clears throat> I I reached out to him and I said, Sal. You know, I know we've known each other for three or four years now. I want to put your video up on our web on our on our show. Is that okay if we do it? And he's like, yeah, let me let me message somebody real quick and I'll get see if I can get permission. So about two weeks later, he's like, yeah, I got permission from our label, from the label's label, and from the label because like five different people own the rights to that video. Right. And and the cool thing is, is he did that for us. It wasn't like he just did that for like some journalist that reached out to him, but he actually did that for us. And for me, that was a huge step as far as in our progression as as a serious media company, not really companies, though, so much, so to speak, but that's kind of what of we're course, growing towards. And, and, and Sal knew that, that, you know, somebody in South Korea might get to see our, his video that they made in Ontario, Canada. 
So right, and and you know, kind of what I've been noticing in terms of um, trying to to like build an independent label or a band is is you know our, our you're not even supposed to mention that you have a publicist, but our publicist um, Groovy Newville, who I think you guys know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Groovy, like, what I really like about his approach is he's got the number, he's got the email address for the bigger media outlets, but he also has the email address for every single one of the little guys. And it's like the approach is like, do everything. Try and get coverage on as many blogs, on as many podcasts as you possibly can. And so I think I think that's kind of the direction that the industry goes a lot. It's because you kind of have to like, you know, you're not necessarily going to be, not everyone can get on Pitchfork, not everyone can get on, what is it, Consequence of Sound or whatever, sound. <laughs> you know, or or uh, Alternative press or or whatever like not everybody's going to be able to get on those things so even people that are you know higher tier bands as far as we're concerned are struggling to get coverage and so they've got to turn to they've got to turn to the little guys and get to as many of the little guys as possible by the way i have your um i put your uh website up on the screen and now i'm i've got your youtube channel up on the screen here Thanks. Yeah, of course, man. It's good looking, good looking page there, man. So, so what? They're like half hour. Need some work. <laughs> what? They're like half hour episodes then that you guys are doing. Yeah, uh, the season the season finale last season was one hour. That's that was awesome. a lot yeah, of work. They range from half hour to hour, but uh, if awesome. we're live, usually they're a little bit longer. I must subscribe. Oh yeah, shit! <laughs> I gotta subscribe. That's I gotta subscribe, right everybody. Well, and, and actually, Andy, did we did we have Gordo? Did did you guys did Granny Tweet have a video? Yeah, yeah, we have a couple that uh, that ironically, like now that we're you know in lockdown, that's that's part of what I've been doing is trying to create video content for the band. So, right, yeah, lots of homemade videos. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> on, our, on our TV show, we actually showed uh, we don't party. Yeah, uh, right on. that was on there. And I remember at the beginning, we were like, hey, Andy, remember when we were in this video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we got we got in trouble for that video shoot. Um, oh, cause, shit. Well, because yeah. we had we had a real show booked with um, Danny Sachs. And uh, I can't remember what show it was that weekend, maybe. But it, suffice to say, the the show... Or the, the short version of the story is the, the show that we were scheduled to play didn't go super well. And afterwards, when we're doing the, the post-mortem, which I have gone through with many a concert promoter, um, that usually starts like, dude, where the fuck is everybody? What happened? Uh, during that discussion with Danny Sachs, he did say something to the effect of, yeah, you know, maybe next time don't throw a free video shoot show at three kings the night before the actual show that you guys are supposed to be playing and uh you might get more people in and i'm like you know in my opinion at the time i was like oh dude it was just a video shoot it wasn't even like a real show 
we played the same song over and over and over again and we really only did a few to warm up and 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 yeah it wasn't even the same thing at all but in his mind in his mind don't blow your load on the video shoot man yeah, Everybody yeah. That. do the video shoot at the show how about that <laughs> oops sorry well you know hindsight and everything yeah yeah um <laughs> no uh no and i really do appreciate you guys throwing that on there and i i'm definitely hoping we can uh get the acropolis now video up there uh when it uh, drops yeah. it's it's coming up here soon. Uh, I never heard back from you guys on. Um, we were gonna do. Uh, we were gonna do a little something. Yeah. So um, the whole uh, Three Kings thing. So that's. Oh, the Three that, Kings that tribute. Is, yeah, that's what we were gonna do. Yeah. So. So that's actually still gonna happen. Yeah, we're we're thinking we might actually turn that into a full documentary about pre and post COVID uh, music. Uh, you know the the death of the uh, music scene and the rebirth at the end. Yeah, because yeah. a lot a lot more venues have closed down since. Not that the other venues so much were as important to me. I know they're important to other people, but um, when I started out, I was ready to go. I had my script ready, and then other ones started falling like dominoes. And I was like, I'm gonna hold on to this because we might see more. Um, hopefully, hopefully not, but. Uh, my script went from being oh about twenty minutes long to being about an hour long now. So I'm still, I mean, still working on that. You know, <laughs> the 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 effects of this time in history are. Um, I mean, it's going to take. They're going to span decades. Yeah. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. the 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 fallout is going to span decades. We haven't even seen the uh, full. Um, reach of the, the the economic downturn and you know as much as I hate to be doom and gloom you know I, I think we're going to see a lot more places go at the same time we're seeing people surviving I went and saw Jim Norris over at Mutiny the other day shout out to Mutiny Information Cafe friend of the show uh, I went and saw Jim and <laughs> Andy hitting the bong. I just happened to click over to that. Um, you know, I went I went and saw Jim, and they seemed to be thriving. And I just told him, I was like, it's amazing. You guys are still in it. And he's like, I don't know how, but just another month, and we made it. Not only did we make it, but we're doing okay. And, you know, you see that I, I saw Maddie Clark from High Dive, and they're still in it. They're still hanging in there, man. And it's like, you know, I hope they, they continue to do that, and I hope that the people who really want to stay in it can, can manage to navigate their, their way through this week to week, month to month. But there's, there's going to be casualties, man. I got to give a shout out real quick to the mutiny booty box that they do every month because that's awesome. That's oh, really hell cool. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Tell, tell people about the cool. mutiny booty box because I'm, I'm not entirely familiar with it. It's this thing that they started doing where they have this like there's just like this box. It's like $35 a month or something. And like and you get stickers, you get a comic book, you get like a local band's music, you get... Um, what else? 
I think maybe even get like a, a moon pie. <laughs> Man. And like and you get you get a bunch of stuff like in there. It's like there's a bunch of stuff in there. You should go to mutiny what is it? Uh mutinyinfocafe.com or whatever and, and check it out. They're pretty cool. Man. I wanna don't I wanna donate some of our music to one of their boxes, you know. I wonder I I think I remember Jim saying something about putting one of our comics in a booty box, but uh, man, if they haven't, I'm definitely going to drop them off some some comics, and because we're getting ready to release a um, a uh, flexi single comic uh, pack. Like oh, that's coming right on. Yeah, the, it's coming soon. I've got I'm all the assets in hand, dude. Uh, the only thing that I'm waiting on is the music video, and animated videos take a really long time. And uh, oh yeah, they do, dude. So the <laughs> the. Uh, Macy's going to be sending me over some um, some more uh, bits from the music video, though. For those of you who saw the Tony Lee guitar solo and want to see some more clips from the music video, that's going to be coming soon. Um, so he's going to be sending me some more of that stuff. Patrons get to see it before anybody. So intent, wink, wink. Yeah, now it's like that Steve Albini podcast, Gordo. Like everything's just this. This whole podcast is just a support system for our fucking commercial. <laughs> oh man, get, we, we don't want to get into that right now. We could. We totally could because it's totally relevant to what we've been talking about. So just it to bring is, you guys exactly. kind of up to speed, uh, Gordo, can you tell these guys a little bit about the podcast episode that you send over to me today, which I still have about twenty minutes left. But uh, I'm going to finish it on the way home. Um, yeah, t- tell everybody about this podcast they should listen to. Well, basically, I'm a big fan of um, longtime underground uh, music industry curmudgeon Steve Albini. He, <laughs> and, he and he's just got, I don't know, he's got some of the best bands in, in punk rock, too, as, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Shellac is just, I, you know, I, I bow at the altar of Shellac. But... Um, He's he's just got a different attitude about the like and subscribe culture. That's you know that's, right. that he you know kind of calls it and um and uh, tr- trying to monetize everything in the internet realm and and everything being pushed through the you know through the lower intestine <laughs> of the it internet. Kind of, it kind of reeks of um, multi level marketing a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. Right, right, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's just kind of like they were talking because the podcast you're on. What's the name of the podcast? Like, uh, the Total Protonic the Reversal. Thank you. And that <laughs> that podcast, which is an awesome name, that that podcast he does it without any ads, and so it was kind of a good conversation between the two of them because like they you know they were talking about just the commercialization of music and the commercial commodity commoditization of podcasts and and ideas and all of that stuff and episode 185 steve albini uh so it's conan the it's called not the barbarian it's called conan neutrons protonic reversal radio nope uh Yeah. yeah so it's it basically is it's their criticism on, um, yeah, like like and subscribe culture and the idea of how it diminishes a relationship to throw a deal in there. It's very anti-capitalist, but uh, yeah, it it is. It's very it, much so. In but, fa- but they in have fa- some good points in there. They no, have they have they there. have some excellent but. points, and it was something that really got. I mean, and it definitely got me thinking a lot. At the same time, like. 
Steve Albini is a successful businessman, and indeed he is. And um, and his there were moments where it seemed like he was putting on airs in the interview a little bit, um, but he was absolutely right about just how it cheapens an interaction to make everything into a transaction essentially especially when you're creating content like well when he was talking my favorite part i think was when he was talking about how he had been in advertising himself and how he had to put the the uh, the uh the winston guy that was that was dying of aids he had to he had to put an ember on the end of his cigarette that wasn't lit um and and that was a particularly uh i thought it was gross particularly yeah just like yeah it was a very good example um of just wow the utter bullshit of marketing you know? wow <laughs> just like they had to find a know? way to keep his cigarette lit in his mouth yeah because he they... yeah because he wasn't he was he was at the viewing you know... no, no 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 he was they were ge- trying to generate all this material because he was you know he's basically you know headed out the door like and uh of this this mortal coil you know and uh they were they were trying to you know get as much content out of him before he before he died right so so like and he wasn't smoking the cigarettes so they had to put the embers like they had to put it on his cigarette so it looked like he was you know, he was smoking a lit cigarette in the, in the billboard Shoot. ads Oof. so like so if that doesn't give you a, a distaste for you know <laughs> advertising and and, and stuff like that well it is that's exactly what it is it's and i've had i've had to uh, i've made many attempts you know you kind of get this idea and you're 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 trying to help the band succeed and i'm sure you guys run into this with with the channel and the website and youtube and everything is it's like all i want to do is travel the world and play music with my friends and make people happy and i want to i want to play awesome shows you know and i want to see the smiling faces and i want to have a show experience like fortunately the last one that we had before you know the last run of shows that we had before everything got shut down we were literally making coronavirus jokes on stage you know when yeah. when when ruckus played at goose town and with the trade-ins and uh fast eddie and it was just an amazing thing like i just want to have that experience as many times as i can before i die right but in order to do it you have to be able to sustain it and so you have to be able to generate revenue and so you do the research to go okay how can i do enough at this game so that the game that i really want to play can can happen and be sustainable and it's just make as much content as possible everyone should have a podcast and you know you should be uh finn mcginty in a um consultation i did with him uh as one of his patrons he actually said you need you know he was like you need to be posting on instagram every single day you know and i'm like i would also say though uh, why another the import another important thing though is is uh is is you know capitalization in that in the in the regards of uh merchandise you right. put your you put your logo on a mask these days and you will sell them right yep yeah we, we were looking to get some masks well, made but i also f- wonder if we've missed the boat on that because there's no. free no. masks everywhere no <laughs> no no, no. no. we're always gonna want the masks that 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 say what they want them to say 
it, right. it is, it is, they advertise point, what they uh, want them to advertise. You know, people are going to always want to speak their mind, even you know when you can't when you can't you know when see they their can't face. speak their mind when I'm you can't see their lips move. Like, I'm thinking more of like the future. I'm what? thinking of like Read the 20 mask. years from now. When 20 years from now, when there's like literally 10 people left, <laughs> there will be they will be fighting over the vintage mask from the pandemic era, right. and they'll be like, Good "Look, will. dude." Uh, it's like I've got here's my you know I've got a real vintage white snake T-shirt okay and right. like whatever whatever it is that they want or I've got you know I, whatever it is I don't know the winger you widget you know uh, hey Jay Party and, and Lord like, look if you're dude, watching the episode or I you're listening got, in the background let's get these fucking masks on dude I'm looking at you I have got an original MF Ruckus mask. There it is. Boom. Well, uh, Jay, Jay Party Lord and I were kicking around design ideas, and we just kind of um, we just kind of uh, didn't work on it for a couple of days. But I think we're definitely getting get some going. But, dude, uh, Andy, absolutely the um, the merch model's great, and that's the model that I prefer. But we're not playing shows. You know, that's what that's that's why uh, you have a, a good online store, you know, even if it's just, you know, Teespring or something like right, that. Right. Right. I mean, at the same at the same time. OK, so th this is where I'm going to I'm going to push back on you a little bit is at the same time. We don't do a ton of online sales. We did do a uh, a push. We ran a we ran a promotional sale online, and you know I dropped the budget into it. It ended up the budget for the um, the promotional campaign for our sale ended up being fifty percent of the gross. So oh, you know shit. you know what I mean. So it ended up being a lot just to get that in front of people's heads. And we we did sell some stuff, and we did do an episode and uh, where. We stuffed envelopes for people, and, and we were able to do some stuff with it. Guess what I did with it? I bought shipping supplies to be able to ship stuff from home when I sell stuff online. Yeah. You know what I mean? I bought a printer. Yeah. I bought a scale. I bought, you know, I bought, I, I knew that we were going to have to beef up our, our online business simply because we weren't going to be playing shows. But the fact of the matter is, is that people don't buy a shirt because they need a shirt they buy the shirt or the record or the patch or the button they spend money at your table because they want to commemorate the experience and i think it is the one of the challenges here i'm not just going to bemoan how hard it is but i'll just say the challenge that we need to overcome is figuring out a way to convince people to commemorate the online experience which is a little harder to do even though people love spending money online you know um i have a i have a habit of backing people on on crowdfunding platforms you know i buy merch uh i like to buy from uh i you know i just bought a shirt from from reed and splattered records but you know not a ton not as much as I would be if I was going to shows and seeing bands that I love. You know, I spent a shitload at the merch table. I don't, I don't spend as much on merch uh, you know, just from, like, online viewing. I, I wonder about the possibility of transferring technology over from, from what sports are doing, like, right now. You know, like, like if you watch uh, an NBA game, 
Right. You know, they they take like images of people that are watching on their computers. You know, that's they're just using their webcams and putting these images in the seats. I wonder if people would would uh, pay for a picture of themselves rocking out at a show digitally. You know, like here is you projected into the audience at Madison Square Gardens. Right. See now that that's a great idea. See, I, I, and and I can I can see the logic behind it. I just wonder if sports fans and music fans engage in the same way, you know. And by the way, I've seen some of those oh. videos of people up on the jumbotron and whatnot, like watching from home. And I was telling the guys at work, I was like, "This just has chat roulette written all over it, dude." <laughs> <laughs> just like all of a sudden, one of the seats is just going to okay. be a guy just standing okay. up. Just jerking off, you know, and it's just going to be in one of the seats in the middle of a game, and they're going to change over quickly and go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> or somebody's going to go full GG with it and just start throwing shit at the camera. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. But totally. but you know what? But the thing about um, you know, I don't know. This is what was the point I was going to make earlier about like you know advertising and and Colorado punk rock Omri with the with the memes and stuff that you guys do. And you're talking about just like getting kind of in front of people and getting funny things in front of me people and then like, you know, engaging them through that, you know, with whatever's going on, with whatever band or event that you're trying to get out there. You know, like we've always taken the viewpoint in our band of like, wow, if we we have some really cool art for a show, then we can put that up. And it doesn't mean that we'll get a lot of people to the show because of that flyer. But if enough people see it often enough and they keep seeing the neat flyer with our name on it they'll be like oh well that's that's a band i recognize that's a that's a name i recognize and maybe that'll generate some familiarity and next time and and, yeah the repetition part of it and that's the you know that's another another wonderful part of marketing terrible art of yeah advertising stuff is so eye-catching i mean it works you know catches your attention and it holds it he does some of the most amazing concert posters i've ever seen period hands down i stopped looking at hanging up josh finley posters like when i started looking at promotion in a different frame of mind when i was started working with josh finley as our designer it became less about putting information about an event on there and more about proliferating pieces of art yeah yeah you know it can't it because and 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 i'll tell you what in my experience nothing works like putting up posters everywhere nothing works like putting up posters Mm -hmm. everywhere it works better than putting money into facebook ads it works like there's just something about people when they're not distracted by a million things and they're out walking around and they happen to see an amazing poster or they happen to recognize your name and and have heard a lot about you or saw you another time we get better turnouts from um massive poster campaigns than anything else um but when i when when josh was doing a lot of things for us it became this idea of like I'm hanging up this piece of art everywhere that just so happens yeah. to also yeah. oh, advertise yeah. our show. And Granny that, Tweed is just a side project for the proliferation of Joshua Finley's art. That's all. That's all we are. We're just a means to an end. That's all we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But with great music too. Yeah. Really. Well, great we try. Music. We appreciate that. So, um, guys, we're getting we're getting pretty close to eight o'clock here. Um, I, I wanted to 
kind of wind down a little bit, and uh, I wanted to riff on, for the very end of this, I wanted to tell Gordo how I actually know ye, the both of you individually. <laughs> so Do it. So first <laughs> of all, I know Andy because Andy's dad was my Cub Scout master. Yep. <laughs> oh, no shit? Yeah. No so, joke. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. My, wow. Yeah. yeah, I was in, I was in <laughs> Cub same Scouts. Same time as like, my little brother. Yeah, your, your little brother and I were in the same grade. Like, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, man. I, and by the way, Andy, I didn't get to talk to you afterwards, but I was, I was very, very sad to hear about your brother passing, man. Seriously. Like, I appreciate he, that. Thank he, you. He and I, you know, I mean, of course we grew apart as kids do, but when we were in Scouts together, like, I adored your brother. Like, you know, we were Well, and he always had a lot of a lot of respect for you too and your music especially. I mean, he always liked you guys. He I mean, I mean you might not have talked a lot, but but he had a lot of respect for you and he liked your music. I really appreciate that. That's really good to hear. I it, it, so so Andy's Andy's brother Nick and I were in the same grade and we were in Cub Scouts together and and knew each other for many years and yeah. I I don't think I've seen your dad since I worked at Spanky's Roadhouse on Evans and he and your mom came in for a burger, man. It was like it's been that long since I've since I've seen your folks. But oh man, that's going back. Yeah, yeah. So way back. But the way I know Phil is uh Phil was dating my babysitter, <laughs> Colleen. When I, I swear to God, Phil dated my babysitter in high school. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the 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 girl that my parents left me alone with. Uh, shout out to Colleen Thompson. Shout out to the Thompsons in general and Mina Thorkell. Love you. Yeah. So, um, so I just always kind of heard about Phil. You know, like Colleen would talk about Phil. She'd talk about her boyfriend, Phil, probably more graphically than we ought to have heard about Phil at the time. Um, but, and this this is true. This is true. Phil introduced um, Colleen and uh, her siblings, who I was friends with, uh, Mina Thorkell. Shout out to Mina Thorkell. Uh, yeah, I mean, so um, Colle- uh, Phil introduced Mina to Ween, and Mina then introduced me to Ween via Pure Guava, which oh. didn't really sink in at the time. I was kind of like, this is noisy and weird and kind of not my thing <laughs> but but then but then i found chocolate and cheese and i fell in love with that album and like since becoming a lifelong fan like pure guava like i now love that album i can't put my finger on yeah, it yeah 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 so it, you know cho- but <laughs> but phil was really responsible for my introduction to ween so you know they're now my life like favorite bands since the seventh grade so i owe you for that awesome. but sir Another another One story con- about Mina. Uh, uh, she let me copy, let me dub my first copy of uh, of uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like 
I, 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 man, it was always, you know, it's always somebody's older brother or sister or older brother or sister's boyfriend that introduces you to all the cool bands. Logan's older brother is the one who introduced me to, like, most of the bands in general. Shout out to Marshall O'Connor out there. Love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> the very first person to get on the Discord server, by the way, very first person, Marshall O'Connor on the Discord. Hey! Yeah, it's really taken off. Um, but uh, but I remember the first the first time I saw Phil out in the real world, and I had again only heard mythology from Colleen. Is is Mina and I ended up uh, playing small parts as like kids in this uh, production of MAME at Kennedy because we both went to School of the Arts. So we were middle school kids in eighth grade who would go over to Kennedy after school for rehearsal for MAME. And I remember seeing Phil on campus. And at the time, I just remember, I remember the sideburns. And I remember, and I remember a leather jacket with a warlock pincher's emblem on the back. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. And uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil actually also is responsible for me getting introduced to the warlock pinchers. And I nice. got in really big trouble at DSA summer school, same year that I did Mae McKennedy. <laughs> Because I wrote the lyrics to Morsey Rides a Cockhorse on a Balloon and floated it out the window in one of my classes. And I just floated it outside, but it got found, and someone saw me do it, and I got in a lot, a lot of trouble. That's wow. amazing. And that was like the first, that was the first time I like really like came on the radar of the administration and and faculty at DSA was like writing Warlock Pinchers lyrics on that balloon and they're like <laughs> fuck amazing. we're going to have a problem with this kid now we have to show this to Andrew Novick <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> dude we we had him on the show and it was the mo it was one of the most fun episodes of the podcast we've ever done um because it was, that was a I'm, really interesting episode it was such a yeah. good episode man he was i mean cuz i love andrew you know, I I got um, kind of after hearing about Warlock Pinchers in that kind of back alley way through you, Phil, Marshall started getting Warlock Pinchers albums and, and showed them to us because he was also aware of it because he went to Kennedy and uh, they were kind of, you know, they were a big deal at a lot of high schools at that time. But so we started listening to them a lot. So I've always had this this admiration for their music and was totally stoked that we got to be on their tribute album and whatnot and got to know uh, Andrew right. over the years and just how much his personality differs from the motifs of the Warlock Pinchers when you <laughs> yeah. meet him in real world, you know, <laughs> and just having him in the studio, uh, Gordo couldn't do that week. So it was literally just me and him and yeah, a I was microphone. very jealous. It was well, such, such a creative dude. So I, I had mean, no idea he was that kind of like a just intense creative entity, man. Yeah, man. It was crazy. Yeah. It was so fun and he was just so excited and enthusiastic about everything and he like he had enamel pins made of his like 300th visit to Casa Bonita or yeah. some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, and he was right like there. <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about merchandising? Like those guys fucking mastered it. And Andrew, 
Like, as far as his contribution to the band, he he literally just yelled and banged on a cymbal and yeah. and backed up Scratchy. His main <laughs> contribution to that band was merchandising and hype and oh. PR. And Andrew, if you're watching and you're Business hearing this, sense. we fucking need you right now, man, because exactly. a bunch of a bunch of people <laughs> are trying to figure out how to make this shit work. We need That's you, man. For fucking sure. Show us how to do it. Come up with Andrew a way to fucking make the band. Yeah. One of the biggest promoters of music and art in Denver. Period. Period. Hands down. That guy's just honestly one of my one of my uh, one of my heroes. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And it, it, and that does that's that's beyond Warlock Pinchers. Warlock Pinchers are epic. You know. There's there's no. Oh, but they're that. they're just a footnote on his on exactly. his resume. Yeah. On, exactly. You know, it, 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 and I, not a footnote. I mean, they're definitely a major bullet point, a major highlight of his career, but they're such a small part of it, you know, in terms of the amount of time that he spent doing it. Because I want to say Warlock Pinchers from start to finish was only a, a, a few years. And um, if I remember I mean, it, correctly. It's but, like uh, if, if Jimi Hendrix went on to be president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, hey, speaking of president, this is I get to I get to find out uh who I who won in the the primary for my nut job make believe election that uh <laughs> that I got to be part of. Do you guys know have you guys heard of the Unity 2020 project? Have you guys heard about that? Heard a little I, bit about it. I haven't. But- not a lot. So um, I don't know if you guys know who Brett Weinstein is. Uh, yeah. He's Eric Weinstein's brother. He's a evolutionary biologist, super yeah, smart yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He's been on he's been on Joe Rogan a few times. Um, he was th- at the center of that that big blow up at Evergreen State College that happened way back when, and like he's since kind of he and his wife both. Um, Heather Hyen have both, uh, who's also an incredibly brilliant woman, uh, smarter than him in, in a lot of respects. Um, they have started a podcast, and they've uh, been doing these live streams since the since the lockdown started. But they also started um, this kind of grassroots movement to break the duopoly and come up with a center-left and center-right candidate who agree to co-govern, like officially one will be called president and one will be called vice president, but they agree to co-govern. And like their whole their whole vision is like save the republic in 2020. And they've added in a spoiler-proof measure where basically if at a certain point they can determine there's no clear road to the, to the White House, they'll pull out and and back Biden or you know back the lesser of evils but their whole thesis is like fuck the lesser of two evils let's you know come up with something that actually works here and um, they made an attempt to trend on Twitter during the Republican National Convention and because of their attempts to trend a hashtag and because of the fact that they created some new accounts to help spread around the information Twitter actually suspended their account and shut them down. Oh. But the hashtag that they were using, which was, uh, I think it was hashtag say no to Donald and Joe or something like that. 
that hashtag, because word got out that Twitter shut him down, has just been blowing up. So, anyway, one of the things that... So, their their plan is, is that if they can get a groundswell of support, um, they're going to draft two candidates to basically take on... To take on the the system that's been in place, the two party wow. system, and um, anyway, I participated in the uh, in the primary election, um, and I voted for Tulsi Gabbard and Jocko Willink, and uh, and if the groundswell, th- I mean, it probably won't turn into anything. Look, I'm not I'm not an idiot. It probably won't turn into anything, but it's been it's been a fun fantasy to participate in uh, while all this shit is going on, and it's been. Yeah fascinating just to kind of entertain the exercise and see a groundswell of people really talking about the silliness of having to choose between two septuagenarians in mental decline essentially yeah that sounds like a way better bet than well literally the betting i'm doing on predicted <laughs> what, what we so, literally need to see happen in the next 4 years is is you know a a form of trust busting in the in the uh you know in the old style sense but in but in a political fashion we need both parties to split in two we need to have the the, the republicans split into you know a more centrist republican and then the Tea Party Republican. We need the Democrats to split off into the centrist Democrats and the progressives. So we, we, what we really need is a more parliamentary kind of system, like you see in England. I and we and that would serve us all a lot better. I got to show you guys this um, this graph. I sent this to Ethan and um, uh, uh, the Hidden Tribes of America. Have you guys seen this Hidden Tribes of America graph? It's really, really fascinating stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, you, you sent that the other day. Okay, so I'm going to bring it, it up yeah. on the screen here real quick. So basically, you have your wings. So your extreme left wing makes up for 8% of the population, which is progressive activists, um, deeply concerned with issues concerning equity, fairness, and America's direction today. They tend to be more secular, cosmopolitan, and highly engaged with social media. So... That is who we're seeing for the most part in the social media spaces. Then on the other wing, you have the traditional conservatives that make up 19% of the country and devoted conservatives who make up 6% of the country. So let's see. Traditional conservatives, 19% of the population tend to be religious, patriotic, and highly moralistic. They believe deeply in personal responsibility and self-reliance. And then devoted conservatives, 6% of the population are deeply engaged with politics and hold strident, uncompromising views. They feel that America is embattled and they perceive themselves as the last defenders of traditional values that are under threat. So these are the wings that are pretty much fighting with each other all the time. And then and so in the, if they all split off into their own thing, we'd all be better off. Well, I mean, it, but then in the see, but here's the the thing that, like, with like Unity Twenty Twenty and like other more like centrist. Um, well, there's like a there's a People's Party too. You, you should look into the People's Party. People's Party. If you're if you're interested in this stuff, because like their their whole plan is like combining uh, independence, labor, and progressive organizations. So it's like that whole coalition right but, you know that right. everybody everybody's feeling this you know 
kind of two thirds of people want another party in America, you know, right. so like and, it's all a part of the same. Well, and know. that's that's because, I mean, people don't realize it, but we all subscribe to the Team America theory. You know, you got three types yeah. of people in the world. Oh, yeah. You got dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies, <laughs> you got pussies who think that everybody can just get along. Uh, you got dicks who just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. And then you got your assholes who just want to shit all over everything. Who are really malevolent people, <laughs> like actually right. dangerous, evil, bad faith actors. This is the thing that, right. like, like the, the, the denial of bad fake faith actors in all groups is terrifying to me. That, exactly. Like, dude, there's bad faith actors in even the most altruistic of movements. You know, no. there are some people that just want to see the world burn and also are into progressive politics. Like there are, you know, they are out there. Well, you're always going to have your extremes. And, right. and but but traditionally throughout history, the left wing extreme follows the right wing extreme to to counterbalance it. You know, right. here's a here's a good example. You know, for for years and years and years we had the KKK, and but then along came Malcolm X and and the uh, and the and the uh, Black Panthers to to counter the KKK. Right, the you know, swing and, of the pendulum. Have, the pendulum both, idea, for a long yeah. time have been perceived as as being radical. Although you know, to be honest, the the Black Panthers, you know, that when they first started, uh, same thing with the Bloods. When they first started, they were they were doing food banks. They were yeah, community advocacy uh, groups. Exactly. Service, they, yeah. they were community. They were community groups. Well, but then uh, they, but then, but then groups reach a certain size, and, and the radicals take over. Yeah, they get corrupted by radicals. But exactly. now you guys, you guys can't see this up on the screen. But basically, there's this category that shows the exhausted majority which is made up of 11% of the population of traditional liberals, 15% of the population of passive liberals, 26% of the population that's politically disengaged, which is fucking hilarious. That, that, <laughs> and then 15% and then of the population that is moderate. So right there is 30, 41, plus 26... Uh, so 67%... Yeah, 67% yeah. of the population... Sixty-seven percent of the population makes up, off. Well, is is basically feeling like terrified about getting yeah. fucking devoured by exactly these wings, man. Yeah, and it's like I'm really glad. Like it, I'm glad we're getting to the point where a real common sense discussion is coming up about this. Like in the times when I feel like my deepest dread, I just count my blessings that we live in the time where like. There's so many conversations going on. They're so yeah. important. You know, there are exactly. so many conversations going on with so many really intelligent people. And the fact that this information is out here gives me hope that if it doesn't happen now, maybe in my son's lifetime, maybe in my grandchildren's yeah. lifetime, exactly. they'll they'll break this shit, man. Because it's... Yeah. Did you guys see the stickers that Mutiny made? Oh, the Biden Which ones. The Biden ones. Oh, the Bidens are no, great. It says, it says, Biden sucks. Vote for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things I've seen. Dude, ever. but if that doesn't bad. just, if no. that doesn't just summar summarize, like, the feeling that that those of us in this exhausted majority are feeling, like, it... I don't know what does, man. 
Like that that was like the most painfully funny thing that I've seen. Or like you see the people that are fly, flying the by dawn flags yeah. outside of your house. It's like, <laughs> dude, I see that and then I see someone like Michael Moore going on and predicting a Trump win. Did you guys see that shit? Oh, that's ridiculous. Dude. He's gotten crazier and crazier over time. But he makes he a very did, good he point. He did it last time. He does. He, he does. predicted it last time. He predicted <laughs> it last time, and he makes a really good point. His point is is that the enthusiasm, like he's like, don't underestimate the enthusiasm for this fucking guy. Like no, I'm not. I'm not. And at to all, me, but. and to me, looking at flags hanging outside of people's. Win- like windows that say by dawn or looking at a sticker that says Biden sucks vote Biden like that <laughs> doesn't like the desire to get Trump out of office I don't know if that can compete with the enthusiasm of his base yeah and I think that that's I think that that's a something that we Scary really need thought. to think about and go okay we've got however many weeks left until this thing goes down we got to pull a fucking rabbit out of our ass and come up with something that people can get excited about, or we're going to have to deal with four more years of this shit. Make America well, I mean, gaff bear again. In mind, we still have October to go through, and there's always that October surprise that comes around every time. And mm, October surprise, just like COVID mom used to make. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, that could be anything. Honestly, that could be... Uh, New rape charges dropping on on Trump. That could be. Do you think that that would actually stop? Maybe the Russians stop him, say, they, say they've uh, we've act, we're actually no, we're gonna lose. So we're just gonna drop everything on Trump now. Dude, I mean, and that's the thing, though. It is it is like been established, like his his like Teflon offenses. Dawn. His offenses are, are, are like have been they've been established. It is well known. The shit that this dude has done, and his base does not give a fuck. They don't give a single. Well, that's fuck, because yeah. it's come out through through resources, through sources that they don't trust. That's because it's come out through CNN and PBS and and like Jim legitimate and and yeah and Jim Gaffigan <laughs> and and legitimate sources. But when their own sources start to say it, like like if uh, Fox News were to start coming out and saying that, or OANN. Or or any of these right wing sources, Breitbart. I uh, mean, Info I've Wars. seen, I've seen. And if they got enough funding from Russia, I guarantee you, he they gets jump criticized on, that on the right too. He gets criticized on the right too. Not as much, but he does get criticized on the right too. Like generally, generally, when I hear the the right deal with, like, uh, you hear a lot of pundits uh, with Trump where. They won't outright defend. They won't like outright defend him as being um, beyond reproach. But they'll like sneak in a little. Like, by the way, he did do this, and this was pretty good. We have to give exactly. credit where credit's due. But it's not like <laughs> he's amazing. He's the greatest. It's like that enthusiasm has died down that a lot a on the right too. There. <laughs> I just, I don't <laughs> think, dude. I just don't think. That his enthusiasm, like the enthusiasm of his base, is going to be quelled by something like that. I think it's going to take these people in the middle, these people here, this exhausted majority. It's going to take us becoming aware of the existence of one another and say, there's got to be a better way, man. 
There's got to be a better way. The center will not hold. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, honestly, if the center formed a third party and then you had, you know, one farther left party, one farther right party and a, and a center party, that could fix a lot of problems. I mean, you've got to and, and you know, don't get me wrong. You've got to have you the know, extremes have, the rudders of the ship. You know, you got to well, have extremists. What it boils down to is we need more than two because, I mean, what, what you see happening in, in, like, England, for example, is, you know, you have one party that has the majority, but then other parties who might not always be aligned have to work together to get their, to get their, uh, their things accomplished. You know, so you might have, uh, you know, if, if a more centrist party is in charge, you might have like the equivalent of their tea party and the, the equivalent of their progressive party working together because they're like, okay, we both see this one weird thing where we might be able to work together and get it done and convince the majority, you know? So, so it forces groups to, to work together that wouldn't otherwise work together. Well, it, and, and then now this is, this is something that, has happened in the UK and is also happening in the States. What concerns me is that you have this combination of a couple of things which, which you know, and this is my completely unprofessional, you know, off-the-cuff analysis, you know, just based on some of the stuff that I've had coming in, but the, the left has fractured itself by... Um, the the leaders of the left, the representatives of the left, trying to pander to this social media driven extreme eight percent, who is controlling all the advertising dollars and is controlling the course of of social thought because they're they they're eight percent of the population, but they're probably eighty percent of who's on social media. Mm-hmm. So you have you have the left is pretty much is is alienating its uh, own support base, and then you've got the people who are in uh, by going super woke. Um, <laughs> the extreme left has gone super woke, and the establishment left is trying to satisfy them and keep them happy, which <coughs> isn't going to work out. And then you've got all the people who are here in the center, this exhausted majority, are kind of covering their heads and keeping their mouths shut because they're afraid of getting fucking torn apart or losing their job by speaking up as to their... Um, nuanced feelings on the most hot button topics in in the 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 global consciousness, you know, either by their friends and family and colleagues on the extreme right or their f- friends and family and colleagues on the extreme left that that are represented in social media and do nothing but spend all day fighting with people on Twitter. Well, I mean, you know, okay, so so I. Uh, here we have a tale of two cities, right? I, uh, on my dad's side of the family, I have two uncles. One of them is is uh, an uncle in Texas, and and that guy is is virtually QAnon wacky. But then I have <laughs> then I have uh, virtually uh, QAnon wacky. Yeah. But then I have my uncle Jack. Uh, uncle That's how he Jack. identifies. At, at one point, was the uh, city manager for Lone Tree. Okay, a very very conservative guy. But when it came to Trump, he actually wrote in Paul Ryan. Hmm. Uh, you know, so so here you have, you know, kind of both 
parts of of the right wing and and honestly i don't know where where my uncle jack sits now i i don't know what he's thinking i don't know where he wants to vote but i'd really like to like to find out i see my uncle jerry uh comment on my dad's posts on facebook all the time and there's a reason i don't respond to them because then he'll start responding to mine <laughs> right, but see, you just illustrated my point here. Is there is there is an apprehension yeah, around that. having that conversation with the people who are more who are more certain, you know, the people who yeah. are more certain and vitriolic and vehement about their perspectives, you know, are the people who are going to be willing to engage in battle and be willing to fight dirty in a public space. And most centered people. The 67% of us who are more centered and are able to see a more nuanced perspective, see what both sides have to offer, see the truth and what both sides have to say, are not going to be the type of people who want to engage in battle, especially in a public forum. Yeah. Right. You know, they're going to have fewer convictions because they're still making up their mind on more things. So I feel like this... You know, and Trump really appeals to a certain extreme, a small but very engaged extreme. And the left is trying to match the strategy. The the Democrats are trying to match the strategy by um, trying to appeal to another kind of extreme. And I I just don't think I don't think it's going to end well. See that's no. that's the thing is is that you have the conservatives that were that are a small number of large groups of people. You have your religious nuts, your gun nuts, and and uh, your policy nuts. But the but on the Democrat side, you have you know a whole large number of small groups, uh, and basically it's just everybody that the Republicans have pissed off. You know, well, it, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of small groups that also disagree widely (laughs) on a variety of topics so trying to get anything done on the left-hand side is like herding cats because you because every because every little different segment has their own idea of what needs to be done first on the republican side not so hard because the gun nuts have their thing the, the the religious nuts have their thing and and then there's like one or two other things that they can focus on. They're able to focus a lot more narrowly on what they want to get done. Well, you saw it in the graphs. You saw it in the graphs during the primaries, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. But you saw it in the graphs in the primaries. If you looked to them side to side, like the right is all about structure and hierarchies and policies yeah. and stuff like that, right? So they know how to hedge their bets, and so. Right. During the primaries, you saw a giant red bar for Trump. And then there was, I think, one other candidate who had this like like little sliver of, of a turnout. Then you have over on the left and you've got 12 fucking candidates and they've all got a little piece of the pie. But like nobody is super thrilled about anyone all the way. You know what I mean? Right. Like mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And that's why, and and that personally, that's why I'm really interested in this idea of like center left, center right, agreeing to co-govern, like, you know, 
make decisions together. Not everyone's going to be happy, but that's kind of the point. That's kind of what compromise is all about. Um, you know, it's built for exactly. it's built for Buttigieg. Well, that's kind of, exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. well, I was also a big Beto <laughs> fan. I liked Beto a lot too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, dude, I've been a fan of Tulsi Gabbard since I've heard her speak. Um, you know, I know she wasn't yeah. a, f- a favorite to a lot of people, but I, I fucking love Tulsi Gabbard. She and Bernie were my picks pretty much right out the gate. Um, I, I kind of was leaning a little more towards Bernie just because I thought he had a better chance of, of maybe getting DNC establishment to give him a crack after learning their lesson in 2016. Um, of course, you know, we all know how that turned out, but, but, um, dude, I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, interested in Tulsi Gabbard from the get, man. She, you know, you'd, th- you'd think we would want to put a lot of sense. She, she makes, does. she have says a lot followed, of things uh, that make a lot of sense. She does. Yeah. Have you guys yeah. followed Beto's since, since he dropped out? No. I mean, basically he dropped out to, you know, kind of heal his, his community after the El Paso shooting. Right, you know, and but and the work that he's done since then has just been amazing, absolutely incredible, very uh, strong, strong advocacy. Yeah, and and I mean, he hasn't stopped. I mean, I still get daily emails from what used to be his campaign, um, you know, just about updates or uh, you know what are what what's going on with his uh, his objectives. Which, which I think are still, to this day, very strong. Well, see, and you uh, wouldn't know that if you didn't follow him. You know what right. I mean? Because the conversation in the social media sphere is it's more about talking shit and taking people down. And if someone goes away, you don't see, like to call him a bootlicker or a sellout or any other you know list of fucking really dehumanizing pejoratives to say about a public servant who's just like trying well, to trying to do what they think is the best thing you know i don't know man and to bring it back around i mean like honestly like it's that's where your community comes in and trying to do things with your community and for right. your community and being involved and trying to solve problems on the ground right in front of you you know it's like it, i think if more people got involved with that Bottom up they would they would see they would see a little bit more of a you know a way forward politically right and that's and that's been a benefit that we've seen come up over and over again with with the pandemic is a lot of people are starting to turn to this because they're getting scared off of social media because they're tired of it you know or it's not doing what they want them to do people i think i've been observing in my experience i've been observing more of community, more community engagement, and more of this bottom-up thinking. You know, more mm-hmm. like we've got to get our homeowners association in order. You know, <laughs> we've got <laughs> this HOA is bullshit. <laughs> hey guys, Bye. I do. Uh, uh, oh, Andy, you had a point you wanted to finish, and then, um, and then I think we're going to wrap it up. You know, I, I just uh, what I've seen of Beto after the campaign, I'd like to see him have uh, a better run next time around. I really think that, that if he keeps up the work that he's been doing, he stands a good chance in the future. Right. Right. Yeah, man. Well, uh, hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been a great conversation, man. Hell yeah. yeah. yeah it's been, been awesome. Cool. Definitely. It's you been know, great. Thank you for I, having us. It's... It, it, it's been really nice. It's been an engaging conversation. And Gordo, you know, we talked a little bit before we got on about 
about the 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 Alaskan wallpaper and you know dude I've been I've been experiencing it's straight it straight up and, and, Antarctica it's Antarctica yeah. now no it's I've been beyond Alaska <laughs> I've been I've been having similar feelings man and you know the thoughts about quitting everything every day they they yeah they're there but getting together and doing this once a week um it really uh it really keeps the monsters at bay man and, no, I yeah. really, I really appreciate the yeah. opportunity to talk to you and talk to Andy and Phil and like do this. It's super important. Like, yeah. and what you guys is, are doing is super important, and I really, really super appreciate it. On behalf of all bands, we appreciate what you guys do. Um, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing more content come up. Uh, if you guys want to do a quick plug for whatever you got coming up tell people where to look out for you what your links are and all that go ahead and drop it andy yeah uh next live broadcast is this coming saturday at uh are we doing one o'clock i almost forgot about that yes <laughs> yeah one o'clock one o'clock well we could we were gonna we do it last week yep. but 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 we couldn't because of the protests and the, uh, couldn't get into and the actually shoot. we might not be able to this sunday but we're we're saturday but we're still shooting for it anyways uh, yeah cool we'll see um and you guys are on season three of your your web series and uh where can where where can people uh where can people find your show uh in denver city limits comcast channel 56 or of course we're always on youtube cool which is cpra presents on that yeah, one. cpra presents cpr cpra presents on youtube yes. guys Thank you so much for everything you do. It's been nice to to connect and have a conversation, and and my heart feels like it uh, it grew three sizes today. So Aww. yeah, I appreciate <laughs> having you. you guys on. Absolutely, man. it's been yeah. it's been great to talk. Um, oh yeah, real quick, great to catch up. Yeah, man, it's been really great. Let's uh, finish out by giving a shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, our most venerable nave and aerial sponsor, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Angie's List Super Service Award winner. Back in 2011, one one's the only one that matters. After that, it got all fucking political like the end of this podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) He'll wear the booties for you. Call the master of poopers if you need your shit popped out. Ride the porcelain throne. Matula Plumbing. (laughs) Mutiny Information Cafe. This is a mutiny transmission. Mutiny Information. Mutiny Transmissions is a media service division of Mutiny Information Cafe. They are fucking thriving and surviving. Fuck yeah. I'm so fucking proud of you guys. Jim and Matt and the whole crew over there at Mutiny Information Cafe. Books, records, comics, eventually live events, podcasts, uh, goodie boxes or the the booty boxes that they're booty doing. Booty boxes. And, and I, I don't know if they have any Tarani syrups in the booty boxes. Oh, I don't dude, know about that. But they do have the largest, or no one has a larger selection of Tarini syrups. No one. No one. <laughs> um, they got cereal. Not even they got, star schmucks. Yeah, not even. <laughs> not even your local Italian sodery. Um Oh. But they do uh, your Italian soda fountain. Uh, <laughs> I would love if those came back. So uh, Jim uh, told me one of the things that's really been good for them is uh, they're doing whole bean coffee. So uh, go to mutinyinfocafe.com and check out their selection of coffees as well. Um, Gorlani. Yeah. <laughs> Surviving. 
<laughs> Gorlani Sorry. Sir- Sorry. <laughs> Gorlani syrups. I love it. See, that's the ticket, Gordo. That's the ticket. We got to use this. We got to use this podcast as a fucking life support system for Gorlani syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Flipside music on South Tacoma Street. Life short, make some noise. Largest selection of effects pedals in the region. I've been looking at some guitars. I've been looking at some amps. Uh, man, Ike and Dylan and the guys. Super duper helpful and informative staff. They know their shit. Check out their uh, channel on YouTube and their series, What the FAQ. Um, Go try some gear out, man. They'll let you try out anything. They know their shit. They'll check out this pedal I got from Flipside Music. What did you get? Look at this pedal. Oh, look at this pedal, <laughs> dude! This is the best. I have the best pedal of anyone any, anywhere dude. because of Flipside wow. Music. That's best. bigger than both of your feet. They call it the Star Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> they call it the Star Destroyer. Uh, hey, shout out to our buddy Joey Klontz and Legend Klontz, who just went in and uh, Legend got his first guitar. He got himself. Uh, I don't think he got a Strat. He got Joey was just like he got a Fender, but I don't know what kind of Fender it was. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, man. Check them out. I cannot recommend them enough. Burn TV, uh, this podcast and a bunch of other great content come to you from Burn TV Studios at an undisclosed location in the Rhino District of Denver, Colorado. It's 30-something in Delgany, so it's not totally undisclosed. We're around here somewhere. Anyway, uh, we make the Nug Nation. Check that out at thenugnation.com. Look out for Hemp and History coming soon, Potty Talk with Bong Burgundy, and uh, all our other great content. Burn TV. Uh, I don't know what our byline is. <laughs> Get burnt. Get burnt. Burn TV. Get burnt. Burn TV. Burn one and watch TV. Burnt, baby. Burnt. Burn. Burnt. <laughs> this brought to you by Burntiv. 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 Oh, Burn TV. See, that's why they do the letters in different fonts. That's why you do the letters in different fonts. I get it. It leads the eye. Rocket Space Rehearsal Studio, still the official rehearsal space of motherfucking Ruckus and a bunch of other great rock and roll bands. They are still in business. They are taking all the COVID precautions they need to. It is eerily quiet around there, so go down and make some noise, guys. Um, Granny Tweed might be be, uh, darkening the door. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Nice. Just make sure Good you choice. sanitize your shadow when you darken the door. Um, <laughs> Lysol, man. your shadow. Dude, one of the things I've been doing at tables is like walking up and offering people fresh disinfectant, like holding it over, <laughs> holding it over my arm like a like a pepper grinder. Some 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 fresh ground Lysol for you, sir. Forty-five. Uh, <laughs> Evergrove Studio. Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, they're hard at work on all the projects that need to be done up there. Seventy uh, percent solar powered up in the Black Mountain region of Evergreen. Really, the most beautiful, amazing studio around. And they just make great shit. Um, our single Acropolis now is getting ready to come out of there, and we got a whole bunch of other ones in the can that we're just going to be dribbling out to you. Little bit by little bit. Shout out to Brad our just tech- mastered the uh, the Gordon Ledfoot second album. So oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Excited to hear yeah. that, man. 
Excited to yeah. hear what you have uh, been working on in your crazy man laboratory. Evergroup <laughs> Studio. See him about your next project. And last but most, I already mentioned it, but I'll mention you guys a million times. Shout out to our patrons at patreon.com slash mfruckus. Um, man, even if you don't want to back us up, you should go to Patreon because there are a lot of artists who are being completely and totally sustained by patronage right now. Had we not set up that Patreon before all this shit went down a couple years ago, like had we not set that up, um, we wouldn't be able to do anything right now. Like we would just be not existing because we can't play gigs, man. And uh, and you guys make the world go round, dude. Um, go on Patreon. Don't even worry about backing us up. I mean, it'd be awesome if you did. But become a patron to somebody, and then become a patron to somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. we do we do ten percent of our patronage goes to other people. You know, we backed Cabal when they were around. We back uh, Mar. Dude, we love fucking Mar. We back uh, Suspect Press. In fact, I got a letter from Lonnie Allen at Suspect Press. Says they're taking a break and he understands if we want to drop out. I was like, no. I just want to back whatever you do, man. Go back some people. (laughs) Help them out. Yeah, they're they're just gonna take a hiatus. Uh, they're, understandable. understandable. Yeah, they're not going away sense, completely. Yeah, yeah they're, but they're they're gonna take a hiatus. They'll be back. Um, yeah, man. Uh, once again, I want to say thank you to my guests, Andy and Phil from Colorado Punk Rock Army, and give a shout out one more time to your partner, Lala. Yeah, Lala. Yeah, shout out to Lala. Love you, we'll Lala. have to yeah, we'll have to just get her on the episode you. next time. And then, of course, uh, my co-host, Gordo. This has been the motherfucking podcast. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Appreciate you. And Star Wipe out. The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the international power rock combo, Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zielinski. All music except homie shoutouts and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, Follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at MutinyInfoCafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 